it's time. Landeskog turned it over to Horvat, right to the slot, Pedersen scores! Is there anything this kid can't do? For Locked On Canucks. Now Pedersen out the right wing side, saucer pass, left circle, Besser shoots and scores! It was good that Brock Lesnar got a goal. You got a journalism for that! The kids continue to get it done with Justin Morissette. He's a weird dude, yeah. It's good to have weird dudes. Yes, that's right. Your resident weird dude back at it again. This is your Locked On Canucks podcast for Friday, April 9th, 2021. The day uh, that Jim Benning has spoken to the media about two new contracts for Thatcher Demko and Tanner Pearson. Before we get into that with today's guest, Jackson McDonald, very excited to uh, talk to Jackson about a, a very eventful day. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our locked on rooms, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Unfortunately, Jim Benning's press conference today did not change the way we talk about Jim Benning as the general manager of this hockey team. It was not a great one for Jim. Uh, they never really are. And you know what? This is such a long conversation with Jackson that uh, I'm going to split it over two episodes and put out part two tomorrow afternoon on Saturday. Uh, so look forward to that. But in the meantime, let's get right to it. Here he is. Jackson McDonald from Roxy Fever. Well, it would not be a return week here on Locked on Canucks, uh, and it is the end of, I guess, return week. Squeezing him right in under the wire, uh, the guest who has been featured on so many of the return episodes I have done, which I guess only is hanging a lampshade on how often I have vanished from this feed. (laughs) But joining me once more to close out a week on a on a pretty wild day, I have to say, it is Roxy Fever's Jackson McDonald uh, making his you know it's the record appearance. You're you're the most common guest. Whatever, however many it is, it's the record. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> yeah. I rolled a, a twenty sided die when I had Wagner on the other day to figure out how many appearances he'd had. I won't do that with you, but I certainly <laughs> could, and it yes. might actually be more than than, than, than the yeah, numbers sure. on this dice. Probably yeah, not. Yeah, fair enough. Regardless. Yeah. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Oh, it's good to be here, Justin. I'm always happy to be uh, the face of you returning to having to fulfill uh, work <laughs> obligations. <laughs> well, there's a very specific reason that I wanted to have you in particular on, Jackson, because I feel like if we're really going to uh, revel in misery, as it were, or just kind of outline all of the reasons why we are completely correct to be just dead cynical and have no hope for the future of this franchise under under its current management regime. You're kind of the guy I want to talk to for that. And we did celebrate a, a pretty unique milestone this week. Yesterday, in fact. When I had Harm on the show yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember if this actually came up on the show itself or if This was part of the pre-chat that we had before we started recording. But I basically told him, look, I've been out on this group for six years now. It's, you know, it goes all the way back to I had an open mind when they came in. I wanted to give them an honest shot. But as soon as the extensions for Lucas Biza and Derek Dorsett came down, uh, that's it. I was out. I couldn't justify how you could look at the way those guys played over the entirety of that season and decide not only did you need to keep them, you needed to give them significant raises above what a third pairing and fourth line player should 
earn. Um, what I didn't realize when I said six years ago, however, is that it was literally six years ago to the <laughs> very day. April 8th, 2015, the day those contract extensions came down. Six years later, we see uh, a pretty goofy one for Tanner Pearson as well. And again, I do want to make this clear. I like Tanner Pearson. I think he's a great guy, to, to, to be clear, and I think he's a pretty useful hockey player, certainly right now, maybe not three years from now, but that's a different story. I'm not entirely upset about this deal itself. It's just I think a lot of people, fans and media alike, have been operating under the assumption that we are just waiting to get through this season and then finally, finally... The axe, the hammer, the guillotine, whatever you want to call it, was finally going to drop on Jim Benning's head, and, and we'd be done with this. We could have something new to talk about. We would have a new steward of this franchise and wouldn't have to pour over all of the ways that this man has wronged us in the last seven going on eight years now. Unfortunately, th like the Pearson move signals to me, if you're allowing him to make these calls, if you're allowing him to sign these deals, he is still your guy for at least another year. And on the six-year anniversary of the day that I completely gave up on him, that is a really hard pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah, a, a day like today really reminds me why I am, or why rather I've been so hard on this management group for such a long time because Tanner Pearson is really the last guy that I would want to see get in the middle of something like this. Um, I, I think people have generally been pretty nice in their criticisms of uh, this contract and all that, but it is kind of frustrating in a weird sort of way to see th this be the straw that, breaks the camel's back for a lot of people because ultimately we're talking about like a second third line guy who's going to make a million more dollars than he should probably make and is here like a year too long he's going to get paid from his through his age 29 season to his age 31 season like this is a better deal than the beagle contract the Roussel contract the Erickson contract, the Myers contract, the Spisa and Dorset extensions that we talked about earlier. Like this deal isn't even really that bad in the grand scheme of things. And I feel like the reason why people are getting mad is because like, they're just, I mean, some of them, not all of them, but some of them are just mad that they're the last worst to cross the finish line. Like so many people figured this out ages ago. This is what Jim Benning does. He signs bad deals. Um, and like, if somebody out there is going to get a bad deal, I'm pretty okay with it being Tanner Pearson. It's just that, you know, you can't let all your bad contracts expire and then replace them with more bad contracts. That's not a good way to run an NHL team, but it's the most predictable possible outcome after watching them conduct business for the past six years mm -hmm. seven years jesus christ seven years 
my God. Yeah. And we'll get back to that in just a second. But right now, I want to tell you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are still in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. It is updated real-time with odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, I want to push back a little bit there because I think there is cause for uh, consternation, even if you like Tanner Pearson as a player, that this contract is risky or, you know, does not indicate a team that is necessarily looking ahead to their future uh, altogether. Um, Because, well, first of all, you said it's a better contract than the uh, Antoine Roussel contract. And I would say, yes, it is three years instead of four. But having said that, <laughs> Antoine Roussel was signed to cover his age 27 through age 31 seasons. Mm-hmm. Tanner Pearson has been signed to cover his age 28 to age 31 seasons. We're already seeing in Antoine Roussel the precipitous fall off that can occur before a guy turns 31. Um you know, th- that's a part of it. But also, we've already seen two identical contracts, essentially, to the one that Tanner Pearson just signed. It actually falls right in the middle between Sven Berchi's 3.3 and uh, Sam Gagne's 3.1. But both of those players were determined to be junk and actually not part of the plan here within a year of signing those three-year commitments. So... Um, it just shows a, uh, a a sense of just not ever learning from your mistakes, really. And it, it also is just like a, a, a question of priorities. Why would you move to lock up Pearson right now when you have four months to do that? There's no pressing need to unless you're, you know, just doing it as a show to the player that we're not going to trade you at the deadline. You know how else you can show him you're not going to trade him at the deadline? By not trading him at the deadline. (laughs) There was no need to do this right now. Figure out how you're going to lock up uh, Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. and, And don't do, like... This is, this is the problem, okay? Because we know in doing this, and Jim saying, I don't foresee any cap problems this offseason, that they're going to sign Hughes and Pedersen to three-year low, uh, you know, low money, maybe br- bridge deals. They already were forced to do that with Brock Besser. And we've already seen that that was bad. You know, if you had signed Brock for five, six years, two years ago, instead of a three-year deal... You would be getting your MVP this season on a, you know, cost-certain contract for a good chunk of time. Instead, they're going to have to qualify him at 7.5 next offseason. And I, I, I like Brock Besser. I think he is a great player. I hope he's here for the foreseeable future. But we've already seen, we're already seeing right now what these kinds of cap handcuffs can do to your ability to lock up the guys that you're actually supposed to be locking up. And it's yeah, it does suck that Tanner Pearson happens to be uh, the brunt of this blowback. But it's not blowback against him. It's blowback against Jim. It's blowback against the entire philosophy that this group has been operating under for the last seven years. So, um, you know, I, I, I described it to Harm yesterday as, as the millionth cut of death by a million cuts. And it really does <laughs> feel like that. 
<laughs> well, yeah, and so the there was there were two things that I wanted to get to there. So you mentioned that uh, you mentioned that this is an example of them not being able to learn from their mistakes. And yeah, absolutely, you're correct. But what have they done over the past seven years that isn't also an example of them not learning from their mistakes? Like for me at this point, I I, I look at everything and I know I'm supposed to be like the, the fire and brimstone guy or the guy who's, who's, uh, who's no hope or whatever. And obviously I, I do have no hope, but it's not, uh, it's not a negative thing. It's like joyous. I feel freed from the shackles of, of, uh, this this torturous regime because it's just like yeah you knew everything you needed to know about what they were going to do six years ago every bad move ever since was telegraphed in that move Mm -hmm. and then the second thing is that you mentioned that jim doesn't foresee any he said he admitted as much that he doesn't foresee any cap problems. This yes, time. probably the most I, notable pull quote from today's yeah. media availability. The one that is definitely going to get used as a cudgel against him come, oh, I don't know, opening day of free agency in four months, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no question for sure. But I also think that we have to consider we have to consider some things. Um and one of those things that we have to consider is that there is more planning than people realize, and the planning is just bad. Um, so when Jim Benning says that he doesn't foresee any cap problems this summer, I believe him because I think that his idea of cap problems is, will we be able to fit a team under the cap? And I think they can do that. And uh, I think that, you know, they will they will get Chris Gear or John Wall or one of the smart people in the front office to figure out how to fit the team under the cap. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the team is going to suck. And that the point of building a team, particularly building a team that's capped out, is that the team is supposed to not suck and, in fact, be uh, good and fun to watch and maybe, hopefully, eventually win a championship. Now, obviously... That's a tall order, um, and you know we as Canucks fans know what it's like to watch a team uh, get built that should win a championship and not win a championship. But I just want that feeling back, that feeling of having a team that is good enough to win a championship. But I look at the off season they had last year, and you know, funnily enough, for me, I think the biggest loss was Troy Stetcher, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Tyler Toffoli wasn't a guy who had been on that team for a long time. I, I think a lot of us called it right when it happened. It was a pure rental and it was stupid of them to be in a position to, or rather they weren't in a position to um, buy a rental. And it was a very like, it was a stupid move, but that was what they were doing. And then Markstrom and Tanov are making a ton of money for a really long time. So the real, the real, casualty there for me was Troy Stetcher. Do you think that Jim Benning cares that he lost Troy Stetcher? No, absolutely not. Yeah, and and to me that's the problem. Yeah. Like obviously all this stuff about, you know, there being no foresight and no plan and yada yada yada. Um that's a problem and it may even be the problem uh at the end of the day, but I think you also really can't lose sight of the fact that yeah, uh, the what they value is also just wrong and bad. And so 
when Jim Benning said, like Jim Benning says, I don't think we're going to have any more cap problems. Uh, and also we need two, three more Tanner Pearsons on this team. Um, I think that maybe part of the problem here is that a lot of people have been just trying to impose ideas about how a hockey team should be managed that just simply are not how the people that run the team think it should be managed. I, I, I genuinely reached a point where I start to question what they're even doing. Uh, it's not trying to win, though, and um, it's not trying to build a contender. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm at a loss for for what we what can even be said anymore. Well, the goal you know? right now is evidently uh, to help J.P. Barry build uh, the, his second home. Uh, yeah. in, in the Muskoka region of Ontario or fucking whatever, right? Like, this is not... The only person who is getting something out of this is the player agent who gets to fleece this guy on a consistent basis. And J.P. Barry, having already uh, delivered, you know... what is Tyler Myers, I think, one of his clients as well? I think he is. I, Tyler Myers and Louis Louis Erickson, Erickson certainly. Yeah. And now yeah. these two contracts coming up this summer. And we'll get back to that in just a second, but... You may have heard that I uh, have gone through a bit of a health ordeal over the last several months and I'm uh, on the mend right now. Part of that recovery process has involved going to physio quite a lot. I have physio appointments uh, multiple times a week, uh, a little early in the morning. I don't always wake up in time to have a nice breakfast and start my day off right before I have to go to the gym and really uh, get to work on uh, rebuilding my leg here. This is real. This is real. I don't always have time for breakfast, but what I do have time for on my way out the door before I head to physio is a Built Bar. And you might be wondering, what is that? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I have the sampler box in my home right now. That is uh, not just a slogan. That is the truth. These things are covered in chocolate uh, and are soft and easy to chew. They are delicious as well. Just listen to some of these flavors. Uh, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, a personal favorite of mine, that one right there. The lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, peanut butter brownie. Uh, the list goes on. Salted caramel, raspberry. It is one thing to uh, try to ascribe a name to a flavor of a health product like this. It's another thing to actually live up to the promise of those names. And I can tell you uh, that the peanut butter brownie tastes exactly what you would want a peanut butter brownie bar to taste like. These things are delicious. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. They can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat at the same time. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Great for the keto diet. And if you want to try them, I want to help you do that. Uh, all you have to do is head on over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Just use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. There's a couple other things that we can uh, kind of hammer on what he said today. I mean, there's a number of things that we can hammer on that he said today, but one of them was when building the case for why Pearson was such an important piece that needed to stay here, uh, it was, it was uh, you know, the fact that he came in and immediately had chemistry with Bo Horvat on and off the ice. 
And Sat also reported on 650 Today that he had kind of heard rumblings that Bo came uh, to management and went to bat for uh, Pearson and said that I don't, I do not want to lose that guy. And to me, these all just feel like reactive moves because if Bo feels that way, is he feeling that way really because of Tanner Pearson himself? Or is he feeling that way because there's been another guy who came in and had immediate chemistry with Bo mm-hmm. Horvat and on and off the ice, uh, who I just mentioned also got handed one of those three-year contracts. He happens to be playing for the Utica Comets at the moment, and I'm sure Bo's not entirely happy about that. But uh, if you're really going to... Uh, and, and, and yes, you also do not want to lose another top six scoring piece like you did last year in seeing Tyler Toffoli walk as well. Um... The problem is that these are just reactive moves. You cannot go back and erase the mistakes of the past and trying to overcompensate in a move here Mm -hmm. that doesn't need to be made is not going to fix those mistakes. If leadership is so important, I've said this so many times, where the fuck is Troy Stetcher? Why did you let him walk? Mm -hmm. He was clearly a part of this group. He was clearly a key part of the nucleus of this team. You know, like, there's all these things that don't add up at all relative to what they just did, and it feels like, well, people got mad at us for these reasons, including our own players, so therefore we have to do this thing that is is also wrong. Like, you've just well, trapped and, yourself in a loop forever that you're never getting out of. And once again, it, it's just that problem of looking at every at looking at every detail and not being able to see the bigger picture and just analyzing every detail in its own little vacuum. And then that's it. Nothing connects to anything. Right. And this is a problem that, that is, that exists like across the spectrum of people involved with the Canucks. That's, that's, it's a problem that, that starts uh, probably at the ownership level and then trickles down to the front office, to the people that cover the team, to the fans of the team where, it's just one when you talk about uh, Tanner Pearson's contract, you're talking about Tanner Pearson's contract and what they did in the moment. And you defend it on those grounds and what happened yesterday and what happened, what will happen tomorrow have nothing to do with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it feels like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, but Paul is dead. You can never pay yeah. Paul. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You're 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 absolutely right. And in a vacuum, listening to Bo Horvat talk to like Bo Horvat going to his boss and saying, "I like playing with this guy. I would like it if you, you know, found a way to keep him around." Like in a vacuum, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with seeking the input of your players on roster building. Like I don't think any of these things are uh bad writ large but the problem is why does Bo feel like he's in a position where he needs to like go to his boss and and say don't get rid of this guy I think to me that's an indication of like look I have to play my best years here and I and you're, you're the only GM I've ever known and you're not very good at your job and like I don't trust you to do any better than this so please keep this guy around Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm not saying that's for sure what he's thinking, but um, I, I don't blame him for for wanting Tanner Pearson around because, like, what does it say about the team building that has gone on in this city that Tanner Pearson is like probably the best, most consistent line mate that Bo Horvat has ever played with? 
That's a crime. Bo Horvat is a, a very, very good second-line center. Who's only gotten uh, he, better and better and better year over year, basically. Absolutely. Just uh, so much. Like, the offensive development that we've watched him go undergo since he was drafted is astounding. Mm-hmm. Genuinely. And... And this is the best guy he's ever really gotten to play with on a regular basis. And so I'm not surprised that he wants him around. But that is so that says so much more about the team building than it does about Bo or Tanner. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple other things that I want to hammer on, too. He talked about Tanner Pearson, and, and uh, he really pushed back. He, he, he got very upset with the guys on the People's Show, uh, Dan Riccio, Randy Pjanda, Satshaw, uh, for basically saying, like, this guy is old, and he is deteriorating. He's going to decline. This is not uh, a priority piece. Like, Benning essentially said that, um, you know, <laughs> that he's he, he's part of the window of guys that you win with, which he said was 24 to 34-year-olds, which is an insane thing to say on its face, first of all, because that's like 80% of the entire league, but also... Yeah, uh, Daniel Wagner <laughs> crunched, the, crunched the numbers. It's 71% of them is between <laughs> 24 and 34. I, I'm, I don't know if he's even put that out yet, but... Uh, you know, we were talking to him privately, and so I want to make sure I attribute that attribute it to him. But okay, what an, a great poll! But yes, so you're talking about well, over two thirds of the league yes, is, yes. is in that age. But, range. but in addition to that, which is like that age range is itself absurd. He's saying that when guys are in that age range, that's when they can handle the rigors of a season. That's when they can play every other night in the oh, playoffs God. and not get worn down by it. Literally, not even ten seconds later. When describing why Pearson was struggling this year, he said, well, you know, the schedule, playing every other night, traveling, it's been a little hard on him. Next year will be easier. What? Yeah. What? Are you not listening to yourself? Is this a, like, it feels like we're being actively trolled by the general manager of the team. He also repeatedly said, uh, as far as no cap troubles, that, you know, we don't know everything. We don't have all the information available to us that he has in front of him. And I'm sorry, Jim, but you don't run exactly the tightest ship by your own admission. Like, who do you think... Well, I can't say for certain that he's the guy who's talking to, uh, you know, all the the major insiders across the league. But um, you've noticed maybe that a lot of those insiders certainly have a very rosy opinion of Jim Benning and don't really want to criticize the job that he's done ever at any point. Why would that be, you think? Um, Yeah. It's not a secret. We know right now the team is kind of expecting that Michael Furland and Jay Beagle are never going to play for this team again. Uh, for injury reasons. So then you are, you know, off the hook for six and a half million dollars right there. But that's not a secret, Jim. We know that too, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm sometimes, I am sympathetic to this argument depending on who is making it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I actually do think, like the JT Miller thing taught me a lot even if i really won't uh budge on what i thought and what i still think which is that it was a dumb trade but it 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 definitely gave me the perspective that there are things that the further away you are from the operations of the team you can't you aren't going to know about and you can't see Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and um and so when i hear him say something like well you know you don't have all the information and 
you know, you're basing, you're making, uh, you know, you're making inferences based on like, I can't, basically, I can't actually tell you what the plan is because if I told you what the plan was, then I would lose all my leverage or whatever. But the problem is that we've just seen this movie a thousand times. Like, why would I believe that there's a deeper plan? Why would I believe that there's information you don't, that you have that we don't have? Like, okay. On the one hand, sure. Uh, I can, I can, entertain the notion that when it comes to a player who's going to be in and around the the 30 year old mark um where players start to decline i have time for the idea that the people who are closer to those players themselves might have a better handle on how they're going to age and how soon they're going to decline after 30 than i do as an outside observer who's never met these people before Having said that, we've seen you make this mistake with players in this age range, like, what, a dozen times? So why should I believe you? Like, why should I believe you that Tanner Pearson, no, he's not going to decline when Antoine Roussel declined and Jay Beagle declined. And we can see Tyler Myers declining right now. And Louis Erickson declined. And all these other guys declined. Like, I mean, Louis okay. Erickson. Louis Erickson started basically at what he was signed at age thirty. Like the finish line that yeah. we're trying to get guys to right now is the age thirty-one season, uh, yeah. essentially. So, a saying thirty-four is part of the window is a bit nuts. <laughs> yeah, you're just like stretching to include Alex Edler, who's also extremely declined. Like, yeah. Um, and, but we're seeing guys can't even get to 31. Louis Erickson couldn't get to 31, and that was one year into his six-year contract. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to put a pin in it right there and be back with the second half of this conversation with Jackson McDonald uh, tomorrow on the show. That one should come out hopefully around uh, you know 10 or 11 a.m. or so. Uh, I can just schedule it right now. It's already finished. It's in the can. It will be out tomorrow morning. But right now, uh, we're going to call it a night here uh, for Locked On Canucks and get right back with the second half, which includes all kinds of topics. Conspiracy theories around how Jim Benning still has a job. Uh, Nikita Triampkin, apparently, because that is a name that came up on the media uh, availability today. All kinds of things coming uh, right back to you tomorrow morning. But until then, I have been and will continue to be Justin Morissette, and you've been locked in on Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.